0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, February 15th,
1: 2015. Mission Impossible Turned Around. All right. <laughs> Woo! Well, good morning Connection Church. So, what's going on outside? Is it still cold? Yeah. Is it still windy? Is it still blowing? Is there still snow on the ground? Yeah, will you guys, mi- what's that? 70 and warm. 70 and warm, yeah. Well, that's what it feels like here, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, in Cozumel.
1: <laughs> we just want to say thank you so much for joining us today. We know that the weather is really bad. And despite that, you just showed up. We've had people at all the services. It's been awesome. So I'm just curious, how many people came all the way from Middletown? (laughs) How many people came from Townsend? (laughs) How about Odessa? How about Smyrna? Clayton? All right, how about Dover? How about Galena? Oh, good job. How about Earlville? Did I say that? Um, where do you live, Carl? I keep forgetting. Cecil 10. Cecil 10, Cecil 10, Chesapeake City. We had somebody here at 8.30 all the way from Rock Hall. I mean, that's a long way, isn't it? But the bottom line is we're here, it's, oh, above, above the, the canal. canal. Newark, Bear area, awesome, great. Did I forget anybody? All right. We're so glad that you came. We pray that you'll receive a word from God, a nudge, something inside your heart that will say, yeah, I'm really glad I showed up today because we're believing that God's message today can do that. So my name's Carrie Jones.
0: I'm Alan Jones.
1: And we're two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for everybody who's gathered here all morning and um, made it a priority to worship you in community. Thank you so much. And for those in our church family who weren't able to attend, we pray for them as well. Now, Lord, help us center in and really focus on or receive what you have in store for each one of us this morning. We pray this in your most holy and precious name. And everybody gathered said,
0: Amen. Amen. So today we finish our series on Jonah and his mission impossible. As you may recall, when we left Jonah last week, a huge fish had just vomited Jonah up on the beach after spending three days and three nights with him in his belly. And so to get there, Jonah had ignored God's call to go to Nineveh and had instead jumped on a ship headed for Tarshish, which is in uh, what is modern-day Spain. The ship encountered a great storm. And so Jonah was cast overboard as it was his disobedience to God that brought the storm about. Him going overboard calmed the storm, but Jonah was sinking to the bottom of the deep blue sea, the Mediterranean Sea, in fact. That's when God sent a very large fish to save Jonah. And Jonah had three days of alone time with God in the belly of that fish before the fish literally threw him up on the beach. That's where we find him as we begin this morning.
1: So that's chapter 1 and 2 of Jonah. We're going to pick it up uh, at chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh.
0: Mm. And so not only does God save Jonah and bring him up, in Jonah's words, bring him up from the pit, but God uh, gives Jonah a second chance, just as God gives you and me second chances all the time. Aren't you glad that we were created by a second chance, God? Can I get an amen on that? Amen. I am. I am so glad. He give me more second chances than I... Realize or that I deserve, and I hopefully appreciate each and every one of them. Thank the Lord for second chances.
1: And so here we see Jonah gets a second chance, an opportunity to turn around. That's why today is called Turned Around. And Jonah takes it this time. God, the Lord tells him a second time to go to the great city. Of Nineveh and proclaim the message that God gives to him now notice again we see that God calls the city of Nineveh a what kind of city great city we've been seeing this time and time again and God refers to this city as great because God sees the prospect God sees potential God sees possibility in this city of Nineveh, a city that's filled with evil and corruption, and yet God sees what can be in this city despite the current godless situation that's going on. Now here's the really good news. God sees goodness. God sees greatness in each one of us potential and possibility. God sees the prospect. You see, God doesn't see us the way we see ourselves. God sees so much more despite our mess-ups, despite our sinfulness and our lustful nature and the way we hurt one another. God sees something different. If God could see a great city in Nineveh, a city that was full of crime and full of Corruption. Just think what God could see, can see in you and in me.
0: And so Jonah started into the city, and this is what he proclaimed as he went forth 40 more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth.
1: All right, so this might be one of the shortest sermons in all of history with the greatest impact. I mean, think about it. Jonah spoke eight words, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. And there was this huge response from those eight words. Now, if we boil that down, uh, he spoke Hebrew and that's only five words. I mean, this five-word message that completely changed people's hearts. I mean, the results. A fast was proclaimed. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, not some of them, not a few of them, not several, but how many of them? All of them. That's like 120,000 people. All of them put on sackcloth. Okay, what's sackcloth? It's like this burlap kind of scratchy covering that people put on to symbolize like humility, you know, bowing before the Lord, humility and repentance and submission to God. So they put on this sackcloth, but they also fasted. They abstained from food and instead prayed to the Lord, asking for forgiveness Now, in the next verse that comes uh, that we don't have up here on the screen, in the very in the next verses, the news reaches the king of Nineveh and he believes and he takes off his kingly garb and puts on sackcloth. This is um, symbolic of his humility, his repentance. And his submission to God.
0: Mm. Let me tell you, that's some good preaching, amen? Five words! Don't get any ideas. That's not happening here. But five words and turn the hearts of 120,000 people. That's like smoking. But you know, it wasn't Jonah's words as much as it was Jonah allowing God to speak through him. <laughs> people weren't responding to Jonah so much as they were responding to the one who sent Jonah, who called Jonah, who encouraged Jonah. When, when we allowed God to, uh, to use us, to speak through us, to act through us, to deliver through us, to help through us, to guide through us, to teach through us, to preach through us, to you name it, through us, when we allow ourselves to be molded and directed and used by God, well, the possibility is absolutely mind-boggling, aren't they? Mind-boggling. Look around here this morning. This is great. All three services. I say look around and everybody goes. (laughs) No, seriously, look around here this morning. Look around. Look at this building where you're sitting in. Look at the people. Look at what's going on. You know, we had some great music here. Awesome pre- no, um, um, Sunday school going on and the nursery and all kind of teaching going school, on in here. Middle school. <laughs> all ages. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Fourteen years ago, this was an empty warehouse. Look at it now. Fourteen years ago, empty warehouse, look at it now. All because the launch team of 14 families allowed God to mold them, direct them, and use them. In all because those who have joined us since have allowed God to mold them and direct them and use them. Just think about the hundreds, maybe thousands of people outside who've come in. Kids, youth, adults who've come through those doors over the years and they've had their lives transformed. Transformed means basically turned upside down for good. Transformed because you have allowed God to mold you into small group leaders for youth, kids, and adults, For allow God to mold you into a musician or a vocalist or a a team leader, or allow God to mold you into someone with a servant's heart who who welcomes people out there in a parking lot at five degrees or inside here, gets here before anybody else and sets up chairs or prepares food for people, So we have some hospitality, who takes care of this building so it's a very welcoming place, or helps out in the office, or allows God to do whatever God has called you to do to help connect people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Just think of the number of people who've connected with Jesus because you and others have allowed God to mold you, direct you, and use you. Just think of the the future possibilities God has in store. For us at work, at home, at school, right here at Connection, if we continue to let God work through us. You know, the truth is, and we say it a lot, all things are possible, Amen? amen? All things are possible when we are open to letting God work through us. Wow.
1: All things are possible with God. That's one of our bedrock beliefs here at Connection Church. We've seen it. You've seen it. We've all experienced it. So now we are on chapter 3 of Jonah, and we're going to pick it up at verse 10. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened.
0: And so they dodged the bullet. People of Nineveh found favor with God because they were willing to repent. They were willing to humble themselves before the Lord. They were willing to ask God to give them a second chance, and God gave them a second chance. And that's because God loves us. God wants what's best for us. God wants to be in relationship with us. It's kind of, I was thinking about this, like images we have of God, and, and sometimes... We get an image of God as like a police officer. And that's not necessarily a bad image, but thinking of like a police officer who's just waiting for us. Uh, I guess I'm projecting here with a radar gun and waiting for us to break the speed limit so he can pull over and give us a take, which is his job. But, you know, we we And what we deserve. And what we deserve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What well, we deserve. What um, the story um, of Nineveh offers, though, is I think uh, it's an image of a police officer, maybe, who instead is bending down, offering to help a kid in need. Make no mistake, God will not be mocked. God will not be ignored nor replaced. But God gives us every possible chance to get it right, to turn it around, even if it takes a second, third, fourth opportunity. Our God is a God of second chances. Jonah chapter
1: 4. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, I mean, can you just hear Jonah? He's like, I knew you were a God who was compassionate. Like, he's upset about this. I knew it. A God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live.
0: Hmm. So Jonah then becomes not only upset but angry. He's angry that God is gracious and compassionate and forgiving and loving to the people of Nineveh. In fact, that is why he ignored God's call in the first place. He, he knew that God would give them a second chance, and that idea made him run the other way. In fact, the idea of God relenting on bringing destruction to Nineveh makes Jonah wish he were dead.
1: As we saw last week and the week before, This is a story, what we find in Jonah, is a story of outsiders and insiders. Insiders are the ones that we're describing of those who are in the faith, they're believers, and Nineveh is considered an outsider, and they worshiped little g gods. Now, Jonah liked God giving him, the insider, a second chance, but he does not like the idea of the outsider Nineveh, getting a second chance. The audience who would have been listening to this story of Jonah, reading this story, would have been insiders. They would have been church people, so to speak. They, like Jonah, would have felt the same way about the Ninevites, because the Ninevites were evil and they were corrupt and they did harm the Hebrew people. But the audience, and so the audience would not have wanted the Ninevites, to get a second chance. Instead, they would have wanted God to bring them down and give them exactly what God had promised, what they felt they deserved.
0: As we shared last week, I think this story connects with us so well because when we look in the mirror, we look a whole lot like Jonah sometimes. His story is our story. I, um, I love the fact that God has given and continues to give me second chances. Like Jonah, though, sometimes my challenge is, more often than I realize or would like to admit, my challenge is I don't always understand why God gives some other people second chances, especially when they've really messed up, especially when they're downright evil. Come on, how many chances should somebody get? And then I get into a mode of, at least I'm trying to do the right thing. Right, Lord? Of course, that's what I tell myself and God, anyway. Those other people, the ones who are really messing up, especially the evil guys, they, I don't think they even care. So if they don't care, why should you care, God? Why should we? That's kind of hard to admit. But I've had those feelings at times. What about you? Do you sometimes see Jonah when you look in the mirror?
1: Once again, we are reminded in this story about Jonah that all people matter to God. That's one of the core values we have here. All people, all people matter to God. Can you say that? All people matter to God. We believe that. Everyone, insiders and outsiders. And when we read the Bible, especially the ministry of Jesus, we often see that Jesus seems to really focus more on the outsider than the insider. In fact, he calls the insiders, you hypocrites sometimes, because we get all self-righteous and judgmental. He really cares about the outsider. We find this in one of Jesus's teachings. It's called a parable. A parable, uh, it's the parable of the workers in the vineyard found in Matthew. That's in the New Testament. It's about the ministry of Jesus. And a parable is a short story that tells a greater truth. What Jesus shares is about a vineyard owner who uh, went out early in the morning to hire workers to work in his field and he promised that he would pay them a day's wage. Well, at nine o'clock in the morning, he went out and hired more workers. At noon, even more. At three o'clock, even more. At five o'clock, he went out, the vineyard owner, went out and hired more workers to work in his field. So at the end of the day, His foreman, you know, he asked his foreman to get everybody together so that he could pay them, beginning with those who uh, were hired last. He paid all of the men the same. He he gave them all the same wage, from those hired early in the morning to those hired at 5 o'clock. Now, those who were hired early in the morning as you can imagine, kind of grumbled about this. You know, it's not fair. I worked all day, and I got this, and this person who showed up late in the day, you hired them on at 5 o'clock, they got the same. I mean, what's that about? Grumble, grumble, grumble. And the, laborer, the owner of the field said, well, why should they be upset? He promised everybody a day's wage. It's his, it's his money. He can choose who to be gracious to. And so they were all the recipients of of the graciousness of this vineyard owner. The ones early were envious. Now, Jesus concluded this story by something that is is pretty well known. We've, We've said this a lot. He said, the last shall be first, and the first shall be last.
0: So it's kind of funny when most of us hear this story, most of us agree with the workers hard first. It's unfair. It's unfair. Of course, our thinking is, that's us. We're the all-day laborers. And we wouldn't like it if somebody who came in at five got paid what we did for working all day. They don't deserve it. We do. Truth is, each of us is more In God's kingdom, we're like the five o'clock hires. Because God gives each of us so much more than we deserve. Of course, if God gave us what we deserved, I don't know about you, but I don't think I'd really want that. (laughs) Truth is, we all come late to the party. And God gives us a full wage for much less than a full day's work. And just as in the case of Jonah and the insiders, God gives the insiders and the outsiders much more than any of them deserves. Truth is, when it comes to God's kingdom, we're all outsiders, aren't we? We're all outsiders. And it's only through God's saving grace and love that any of us realizes forgiveness and salvation.
1: By the end of this story, this this book of Jonah, God has shared with Jonah three times that Nineveh is a great city, and yet this story really is not about Nineveh. Jonah appears to be the main character in this story. In fact, the book is named after him, yet really this story is not about Jonah. Many of us know this story as the big fish story. And truth be told, it is not just about a big fish story. This is a God story, pure and simple. This is a story all about God, God's love, God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's second chances. This story is all about God when we look through the story, we see God's name um, in one way or another mentioned 39 times in just 47 verses. I mean, think about that. There's an average of nearly one time per verse. That's a lot of God in this story. It's a story about God's love and God's forgiveness. It's a story about how God cares about the outsider's and the insiders, the story of second chances and third chances and hundredth chances for every single one of us, despite what we do, despite how we mess up, despite how we don't even pay attention to God, God's just going to keep on loving us and never, ever, ever let us go. There's nothing we can do to make God not love us and care for us. Even if we just say, I don't care about you, God. I'm going to live my own life. He's going to keep giving us chance After chance, no matter how deep we sink, this is about God's love for us. No matter how far we stray, this is about God's love for us. No matter how much we don't understand this, I don't get this book, I don't get what this says, God. He just loves us and cares for us no matter what. No matter what. It's
0: a story of how much God loves us, you and me so much that God is willing to do, well, do just about anything to be in relationship with us, including sacrificing his one and only son, Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the, the anointed one, that he would die that we might live. Yeah. And like the, uh, those guys in the field who were hired at At five o'clock, God gives us a full wage. Gives us a full wage, eternal life, even when we don't deserve it. Not because we deserve it. (laughs) We sure don't. Not because we've earned it, not because we're worthy, but because God is generous. God is absolutely generous, so generous. That he wants to share all he has with us, not just today, but through eternity. And like Jonah, sometimes we wonder, God, why, why, why did you give that guy a second chance? And that guy, and that guy, and truth is, sooner or later, we all take up residency in Nineveh, don't we? <laughs> and we all need a second chance, and God gives us that second chance. In fact, Jesus died to give us a second chance to repent and believe like the Ninevites, to find new life, a new life with God at the center. A new life with God at the center. Wow. Yeah. And then God can mold us when that happens and mold us into the people that God intended us to be when God first thought of us. Did you ever think about that, who God had in mind when God first dreamed you up? It's awesome, let me tell you, each and every one of them. When we put ourselves in God's hands, then he's able to mold us into that image that God first thought way back when. An image of us loving God, loving each other, in the saving grace of Jesus Christ, empowered by God's Holy Spirit. Isn't that just an awesome vision of God's kingdom here on earth? Wow. And that can happen if we allow God to mold us, direct us, and use us. Jonah had a little trouble (laughs) catching on to that. That that was intended not just for some, but for all. Because as we say here in one of our core values, all people matter to God. Each and every one. Each and every one. That's why Christ died for each and every one of us. So that we might live through eternity starting this very moment right now. Amen? Amen. That's the good news. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. A most holy God. Wow. uh, Second chances. I, I know I'm thankful for that. Holy God, please help us to realize at all times that you all matter, all people matter to you. And if that's the case, all people should matter to us. Please help us to not only love you, but to love one another and to realize our salvation comes from Christ and Christ alone. And it's in your Holy Spirit that we have the power to do what you call us to do. We thank you, we praise you. In Christ's name and in the power of your Holy Spirit, and all Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life He offers.